Welcome to the Heart of Rural America podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Radke, an American cattle rancher and motivational speaker, raising my kids and writing children's books in South Dakota. There's a David and Goliath story unfolding in agriculture today. And I don't know about you, but my money is on the underdog, the hardworking folks who value faith, family, freedom, and their farming communities. This show will highlight the untold stories of these resilient and determined families who I have the great pleasure of meeting in my travels across this nation as an agricultural speaker. It is my hope that their stories will remind us to live with great courage because we are not alone in this fight to keep producers on the land and meet dairy and eggs on the dinner table. Now let's hit the dusty trail together as we uncover the heart of rural America. Welcome to the show. Here's my mom, Amanda Radke. It's Amanda Radke back for another episode of the Heart of Rural America podcast, the show where we highlight great people doing inspiring things to make their communities, agriculture, and rural America stronger. Today, I'm joined by a fellow South Dakotan. He is a state legislator. He is a strong, devout Catholic a husband, a father of six, and most of all, he's become a dear friend. So welcome to the show, Representative John Hansen. Thank you, Amanda. It's, it's great to be with you. Appreciate it. You know, we could probably do several episodes, one just entirely on our faith and, and you becoming just a champion for life and protecting the vulnerable and, and the innocent in the state of South Dakota. And so just God bless you for that work there. But today we're going to kind of get boots on the ground talking about another issue, which is private property rights and protecting the Constitution and some things that are happening in South Dakota. So we just got off, we're on the tail end of a private property rights rally that happened in the state capitol in the rotunda. What a showing, despite the fact that we had weather that folks had to drive through to get there. But you presented a very strong message as a legislator. And I guess maybe just tell us how you got involved in this fight and, and what your message was that day in Pierre. I guess thinking way back to when I first heard about this, I just you know, you pay attention to these issues as a legislator and you, and of course, just stepping back a little bit, when I became a legislator, like every other legislator, you go up to your chamber floor and the first thing that you do is you stand up and you raise your right hand and you swear an oath to the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the state of South Dakota. And that's something I take very seriously and I consider it a duty of mine to defend the rights of South Dakotans all across the state. So. Fast forward a little bit, I start hearing about this carbon sequestration pipeline, not really familiar with it. And then more and more stories I start hearing about landowners who are going to have this pipeline cut within 100 feet or 200 feet of their driveway where they drive their kids every day and the risks associated with if this thing is to blow and what it can do to suffocate people and possibly kill people. And the fact that this pipeline because of the abuse of eminent domain, it's just going to be laid across people's land, whether they like it or not. And so as I was learning more about that, I just thought, that's not freedom. That's not South Dakota. And we need to fight against that. We cannot allow this out-of-state, foreign-backed pipeline company to come into South Dakota like they own the place and try to take over our land, literally take our land rights away from our people. So it was very clear to me 
as soon as I started seeing what was going on, that this needed to be stopped. And so that's how I got started out. The, the rally that was in Pierre recently was really great. I mean, it was a great showing of support for land rights. It's not the first one that we've had, as you know, Amanda. There have been landowner meetings across the state. We've had another landowner rally in Pierre prior to this, and I've never seen a showing of people like I have on this issue. And I think that just goes to show as more people learn about this, as more people become aware of the intrusion on our rights, the more they get passionate about it and want to fight back and defend our fellow South Dakotans. And that's what we see with the rally. Well, the stories are tragic of how, I mean, there was two pipeline companies. We effectively sent one packing, which is just a huge victory for the little guy that I don't want people to forget about because I've, I've had people say, you're on the losing side of this. This is I've had people who are promoting this pipeline who openly say, we know the science is crap. We know this is foolish. We know this is Green New Deal stuff, but there's money to be had, you know, so we're going to jump on board. It's totally changed their tune. And yet there's landowners that feel like they their voice doesn't matter, that they're just being railroaded, that they're not being heard. And you have a tweet that's quite prolific and that I feel like really gained a lot of attention. It's got 1 million views and it's a picture of this pipeline company's secure armed security guard on a farm where they have, you know, drove on the fields. They've opened up the field, uh, the feedlot gates they are all over. And you write, this is the current scene on private property in South Dakota, an out-of-state for-profit corporation with armed patrol intruding on property without the landowner's consent to lay a carbon sequestration pipeline that the landowner doesn't want. So that's the crux of the issue, right? I've had people say, what percentage do you need to, to have this project go forward? And it's like, this isn't negotiating your private property rights isn't a compromise. It's 100% landowner participation or, or go back to where you came from. And that was the message you shared essentially at the rally. And so what would be your, your call to action for people as they're learning about this issue in South Dakota? And that it's not just one pipeline. It's the many projects in the wings waiting once this sets a precedent that our land is open season for new projects. You know, generally speaking, we've had a lot of people get engaged probably for the first time ever in their in their state, in their county, in their township, because all of these places are implicated by this the construction of this pipeline. And so just generally speaking, please get engaged, reach out to people who are involved, find out how you can help make your voice heard at all those levels. But right now, we're just entering into the legislative session. We're on day three today of the legislative session. And so there are some bills that are going to be coming before the legislature, some of which are good and some of which are really bad. And so I could just share with you just briefly an overview of some of this the legislation. First of all, we're going to have a bill like we did last year, sponsored by Representative Carla Lems, that's just going to say, you know what, you can build this carbon sequestration if you want to but you can't use eminent domain to take people's land without their consent. Mm -hmm. That's not constitutional. That's wrong. And so we're going to bring a bill back similar to last year's sponsored by representative Lems. That's going to say no eminent domain for this carbon sequestration pipeline. That's a big one. And so the first thing people could do to get active is find out who your representative and Senator is Mm -hmm. and reach out to them and reach out to the governor's office and tell them that you demand that that bill be passed and that your members vote yes on that bill. That's uh, absolutely critical. 
We'll also have legislation, sort of like you were talking about, Amanda, with these armed patrol that are coming onto people's land, these surveys crews that are coming onto people's land. They were doing that in the state of South Dakota without the consent of the landowner before they ever had a permit from the PUC, before they even had a place to dump the carbon. They were already going onto people's land, looking through their house, you know, entering into their house, entering into their shop, trampling all over their crops with complete disregard, drilling holes deep down into the ground without telling the landowner what they're even drilling for. And so that was all done under the law. And so we need to change that law so that that doesn't happen anymore. We cannot have these companies just riding roughshod over landowners in the state of South Dakota. So that'll be another bill that's important. And there's also going to be bills that we need to work against because what they're doing is trying to come in, like we've seen Summit Carbon Solutions do throughout the last year and a half. If they can't get their way, say they can't get their way with the landowner, they just sue the landowner. If they can't get their way with the county, they just sue the county. Then they go to the PUC and they tell the PUC to override the county. And so now what they're trying to do along those same lines is go to the legislature and say, hey, legislature, we know that those counties pass those ordinances, but we want to preempt those at the legislative level and just do everything on the state level. And uh, they want to take away your freedom of self-governance at the local level when it comes to setting regulations on these pipelines. That's wrong. We should support the local control. And so they're going to bring a bill we're hearing to sort of preempt the county's authority to self-govern, and we need to defeat that. So please make your voice heard, find your legislators, reach out to them, and uh, make sure that we are protecting private property rights here in the state of South Dakota. And fundamentally, it's just very scary to know that you said currently under the law, this company could come onto anybody's land and just say, hey, this looks like a pretty good spot for a pipeline and not have any types of permissions or any permits granted. It's it's terrifying to me. So it, it begs the question, as we're advertising on national media, that this is the freest state in the nation. Are we really that free? Do we truly have private property rights in this state? Well, you ask some of these landowners, Jared Bosley, Wendy Schultz, and others, if they feel like they're free when they have an out-of-state foreign-backed company coming in and taking their land and using it without their permission. That is not freedom. Mm -hmm. You know, in the case of Wendy, uh, she had a situation where she had a piece of ground where it was always her dream for like 30 years to build their house on that piece of land. And then in the near future, their, their sons were going to move back and also build across the across the land. And it was always something they wanted to do. They dreamed about it for years. Summit Carbon Solutions approaches them and they say, hey, we want to put this pipeline here. And she says, I'd rather not. No, thank you. We'd like to build and our family would like to move back and, and live here with us. At the end of that conversation, Summit Carbon Solutions basically said, we're going to put that pipeline there, whether you like it or not. Now, that's not freedom. That's not freedom to control your own land. That's not private property rights. And so, no, that's not freedom. And if that's the way we're going to live by, then we should stop advertising that we're the freest state in the country. Because if you can have a China-backed, Korean-backed company come in and take your land and use it without your consent, that's, that's the last thing I think of when I think of freedom. I would agree. And, you know, there's a billboard campaign that's going around saying, if this carbon pipeline gets killed, you're going to hurt South Dakota. But I, I can't think of anything more hurtful to South Dakota than risking the safety of a community, than risking people's homes, than, than taking away what they've poured blood, sweat and tears to build. 
that's not the South Dakota way. And so I want to encourage people, don't feel scared to stand up for private property rights. Don't feel scared to stand up for local government control. You know, when I, I spoke in Pierre, that was really the first time I'd spoke on this. My voice was shaking. I could barely hold the microphone. I was so scared. I had even asked you, give me a prayer because I, I just want to make sure I say the right thing. And, you know, you can look back and think, oh, I should have said a million different things. But I hope the one thing I said, you know, really rang true is that this is about people in South Dakota. And we're we're good, fair and honest people who just want to make an honest living and raise our kids in our communities. And there is a division happening where we're going to put private public partnerships or carbon capture projects or sustainability climate change projects or value added egg above the freedoms and liberties of the citizens. And so I know you and I, we're not against agriculture. We love agriculture. We love farmers and ranchers. We we love innovation and, and the ability to compete in the global marketplace, but not at the expense of the individual. I guess as we close today, we have another guest coming on the show to talk about this issue more. What would be your final call to action to folks to, to get engaged and to kind of counter this? Forgot to mention that Summit wants to rehabilitate their reputation to be nice, but the way they've behaved is not South Dakota nice. So for good and honest right. South Dakotans, what would your call to action be? Well, I would just remind you that these rights, our private property rights are inherent rights that's recognized in our state constitution, inherent rights. That means we as a, as a state recognize from the very beginning, this private property right, it's not something that the government granted to you as like it's a permit or something. No, we recognize that it's inherent right as human beings, creations of God, that we have private property rights. They're inherent rights, but they're not guaranteed because it takes we the people to continue to fight for those rights in the face of attacks from Summit Carbon Solutions and others. And so if you want to maintain our constitutional system of private property rights, it's on us, the citizens, to get out there, be engaged, and make your voice heard. So please reach out to Mark Lapka, who's going to be on the show next. He's been a leader on this property rights fight. Um, reach out to others. Find out who your legislators are. Reach out to me, and we can connect you and get you in on this fight, we need to make sure that South Dakotans who want to maintain private property rights have their voice heard. And so please make sure that you do that. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate your wisdom and your your leadership and, and your commitment to faith, family, communities here in South Dakota and, and protecting and preserving the Constitution. So God bless you during this legislative session and, and please keep us posted on any updates that we need to take action on. Sounds great. Thanks, Amanda. God bless you too. The Heart of Rural America is presented to you by CK6 Consulting Services. I have the great pleasure of working alongside the CK6 team, including Chris Earle, Wes Tiemann, and Cody Fleeman, and it's an honor to assist cattle producers as they strive to meet their business goals. With a purebred Angus specialization, we have a full slate of auction sales coming up as we work to maximize price discovery and capture true value for our clients and customers. Plus, let us help you identify your next herd sire for the upcoming breeding season. At CK6 Source, you'll find great customer service, fast shipping, and a focus on leading Angus genetics. Learn more about what we do at ck6consulting.com and ck6source.com. 
We would love to assist you any way we can. God bless. Working cattle can be stressful at times, but the job is made so much easier with equipment that is safe, strong, and simply designed. I highly recommend Real Tough Livestock Equipment for all your working facility needs. We just installed the Deluxe Chute at Radke Landing Cattle, and it has been an absolute game changer as we run cows through our chute during AI season. It's durable and easy to use, and it's made to last a lifetime. Real Tough offers a wide range of products, including calving barns, panels, loading chutes, tubs, alleys, and portable working systems. Manufactured in the U.S. of A., Real Tough is family-owned and operated. Their commitment to helping farm and ranch families truly exemplifies what this show is all about. Learn more at realtough.com, that's T-U-F-F, and be sure to tell them Amanda sent you to receive an extra bonus with your order. Let's get you some iconic green Real Tough equipment headed your way. I promise you're going to love it. And we're back for the second half of the Heart of Rural America. We're switching gears from John Hansen and going to my friend, Mark Lafka, a landowner in South Dakota who has been leading the charge in talking about these issues and bringing to light the constitutional crisis that's brewing in South Dakota. So Mark, welcome to the show once again. Thanks for having me back, Amanda. It's great to see you. Well, to have it on record, your initial episode talking about the pipeline this past summer is the number one listen to episode on the Heart of Rural America podcast. And some might think, well, it's a it's a regional issue, it's a state issue. So why is the whole nation tuning into this? And I think it it's because it underscores the fact that we have private property rights issues going on from coast to coast in every county and every state in the nation. They might look a little bit different, but at the end of the day, they all seem to have a common theme. And that goes back to this uh, climate change agenda uh, that we're seeing kind of play out in real time in lots of different ways. And so, Mark, I guess just to bring us up to speed, we had a rally on Monday talking about private property rights and the ask that landowners were hoping their elected officials would hear. Talk to us a little bit about that rally and what it looked like on that day. Well, it was a day where by South Dakota standards, there was part of the state that had a little bit of bumpy weather. The rest of the state didn't. And so while that did affect the overall attendance, it was still very well attended by some estimates between three and 400 people were gathered there in the capital of the state rotunda. It was a little bit less well attended than the rally that we had this summer, but that only stands to reason because on a day like that, farmers and ranchers were back home doing what they were supposed to be doing, taking care of the cows and the livestock and keeping the waterers open like you alluded to in your speech and well quite frankly that's where I would have rather much been too. But what was a little bit different in this rally from the previous one there was a lot more attendance by by legislators. Obviously it was the day before the session so they were able to be there and pay attention. By some accounts there was about 20 to 25 of them sitting in the chairs and there was you know another dozen or so up on the balcony watching. Even our lieutenant governor stopped by to view the rally for some time and I think it got a lot more attention than last time because you see that's what's kind of Uh, the difference in our argument versus theirs. You know, we're just trying to protect our property rights back here on our family farms and ranches so that the subsequent generations can enjoy the life that we've had and the generations that came before us have had. And when you have a good argument like that, it is very authentic. 
And I think that's being realized. And that rally did nothing more than to cement our credibility into having a good argument from our side. We're real people that have real concerns, and we're very hopeful that that's going to be taken more seriously this time around, and hopefully we can get some form of relief. Yeah, I think there's a sincerity of purpose. I I felt so honored and humbled to be standing alongside you and Jared Bosley and the legislators and the county commissioners and, and the speakers that gathered that day. It wasn't a smooth corporate thing from start to finish where everything was a glossy finish and the lawyers had dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's. This was authentic South Dakotans coming together with a common cause. And that was, we need to protect and preserve the constitution. We need to make sure we have private property rights in this state. We need to maintain local government controls And by golly, is it too much to ask that private companies from out of state with foreign backing don't use eminent domain for private gain? And I I think that message was heard that day with true sincerity. I agree because, you know, what is eminent domain? Eminent domain was attended originally in the Constitution to be for something that is considered public use. You look at what is public use. One of the largest users of eminent domain in the history of the country was the interstate system, the interstate highway system. Now, there's a, uh, an issue or a project that nobody can really make an argument that it isn't beneficial to every person. They use it if they you know, travel on it. Every bit of our economy is based around that. Every pair of clothes we have, all of our food is transported like that. It's very beneficial to the public. Versus the CO2 pipelines, that are going to be transporting plant food, in essence, through a high-pressured pipe, only to be, you know, permanently sequestered in the ground. There's no consumer at the end of the project. And a lot of the arguments a lot of the time fall back upon, well, everybody's got an oil pipeline or a natural gas pipeline. That's no problem. What's the problem here? A pipeline is a pipeline. Well, a natural gas pipeline, look in the state of South Dakota today, where I am up here in Leola, we're at about minus four degrees right now, and it's three o'clock. That natural gas pipeline's running to everybody's homes to keep them warm. That has an obvious public use. Versus, who's ever going to hook up to a CO2 pipeline and utilize that in their homes? It won't happen. There is no public use to that, so eminent domain is absolutely inappropriate for it when this is nothing more than a project to capture government subsidies in the form of tax credits. That's all that it's about. It's about the money. It's not about a public benefit. It's not about a public purpose. Eminent domain is absolutely inappropriate in this case. I would agree. And as I'm going to share my speech at the end of this episode, so keep listening there. But as I allude to in there, uh, a gentleman I had talked to that was helping to spearhead the rehabilitation of this pipeline company, because South Dakotans don't forget when people treat them poorly. And Summit has absolutely treated the landowners in this state poorly. And that's, that's an understatement. But he had asked me, you know, what percentage of landowner participation is acceptable to you? You know, they want to bargain and renegotiate and come to the table. They have everything to gain and we have everything to lose. And 
my statement to that is we need to take eminent domain off the table, period. If it is such a great deal for South Dakota and our economy and our communities, then you should have no problem getting 100% landowner participation. It's not just one person. It's not 90% or 75% participation. This is a private company. And if we want to do business with you, we should have the right to say yes or no, period. Well, absolutely. Because what have we always done as family farmers and ranchers? There's several quarters of ground that my family always would have liked to obtain in, you know, our, our multiple generation farm, but it hasn't happened. It was unavailable or some other family farms have purchased it. That's life. That's the way things go. There's not an entitlement to getting everything that you want all the time. What do we always tell our children when they have a tantrum over not getting their way? They have to earn it. And that's something that's really being missed in all of this is what happened to establishing a good accord between somebody that you wanted to do a transaction with and working for the right to earn having a project possibly upon their property. That has all gone out the window, whereas if you don't simply go along with everything that they say and dictate to you, they will simply condemn you and take it anyway. What will our state look like if that simply becomes a way of doing business? Is that how farming operations are going to operate? Those quarters of ground now that I've always desired, am I going to be allowed to condemn them if I can show some better way of operating it than the current user does? No, that's not freedom. That's not the way that things work in the United States of America. And I truly believe what's happening here in South Dakota is going to set the path for other states who are handling or dealing with federal and state government overreach, where there's an abuse of power, there's corruption, and the little guy is just getting railroaded and overlooked in the race, in this Wild West race that we're seeing to grab these climate change dollars that are out there. The federal government is incentivizing a lot of this. And I've had people on the other side say to me, we know this is garbage. We know it's not a factual thing. It's not based on good sound science, but it's here. So we better just figure out how to, you know, get along and, and make it work. And I don't think you or I are really here to talk about the benefits or the pros and cons of carbon capture. But at the end of the day, if you leave that aside and just focus on the real issue at play is that a farmer, a rancher, or a community member who owns a home and, you know, invests their time in making that home a, a great place to raise their children. If they say, hey, you know, I think the metaphor was made, someone knocks on your door and asks to come in and you say no, but then you turn around and find them at your dining room table. That's what it feels like when these landowners experience that trespassing by these these companies and have them, you know, coming and drilling and, and serving and doing all of these things. It's no should mean no. And I think that's a very simple ask here in South Dakota. So I guess just, you know, to give some people encouragement because this is a long fight. I know it's exhausting. I know you've been in it a very long time. You don't really want to be, but you feel like you need to be. What encouragement do you have for people who are kind of sitting on the fence or I'm getting lots of messages from people outside of this pipeline path that are saying, hey, Amanda, how can I get involved? What can I do? What would your answer be to those people? Well, number one, anything that you can do is better than nothing. <laughs> and I am the poster child for that because uh, for a very long time, for most of my adult life, I just stuck to the farm and worked. That's what I enjoy to do. I have goals that I want to see accomplished. And like everybody else, I want to make a better life going forward for my son 
than I had for myself. But the consequences of that is when you had something like this project that came along and found out that when so many of us do not pay attention or get involved, it has put us in such a bad position. Now we've ultimately found out what is supposedly ours really is not. It seems on some level that we're only placed out here in order to pay rent to the government in the form of property taxes and not really have that exclusivity to it anymore. Because like you just alluded to a little bit earlier, if it came down to a private citizen like you or myself that trespassed on somebody's property like that, we would be arrested and dealt with accordingly by the law. However, it seems that there's a double standard and the law does not pertain to these corporations that are trying to do these projects and run over the citizens. And it's because of that kind of thing that as a family farm, we have to have our property rights maintained in order to have a viable business model going forward so that others can enjoy the way of life that's been so good to us. And so you have to get involved. Go to your county commission meetings, contact your legislators, simply just educate yourself. We have the internet today. There's all kinds of information that you have to sort out of through some of the stuff that is a little more out there versus some that is more relevant. It's all out there. It just takes effort. It takes that effort to get out there and do something. And we need more people to bottom line, do something. Yeah, absolutely. And I know in just many conversations you and I have had on the phone, we both love agriculture deeply and have very strong roots in farming and ranching. And somehow we're being painted as anti-agriculture and anti-South Dakota simply for standing up for private property rights. But I can't think of something that's more cowboy, that's more South Dakota than saying, hey, if you buy this land, if you acquire this property and tend to it and pay the taxes on it, it should be yours. That is the South Dakota way. That is the American way. And make, I just want people to understand, make no mistake, this is not a really loud, small minority. My phone has not stopped ringing off the hook since that rally of people who are eager to step involved in this fight, who are thanking you know, you and, and I and everyone else that was at the rally for sticking our necks out, there's a sleeping giant that's been awakened. And our politicians would be hard pressed to ignore what is happening here in the state of South Dakota, that we the people expect our elected officials to stand by the oath on the Bible that they took and protect our God-given inherent rights, which is freedom of private property and being able to raise your family on the land. So tell me about what's coming next. January 17th, there's a meeting in Pierre. Can folks get involved in that? Absolutely. The landowners are going to be sponsoring a luncheon for the legislators in the senator or in the president's lobby of the Senate and the speaker's lobby of the House of Representatives. And that's going to be taking place from 11 to 1, I believe, is the time. Then they have the afternoon session that you can watch from the balcony. And approximately four o'clock, the landowners are gonna be hosting in room 414 of the Capitol, a informational meeting for any legislators that are interested in, in attending. There's still not a lot of awareness, believe it or not, amongst some people about this. And while I don't really like to use the word educating people, the idea is to inform them mm -hmm. and to show them the things that they may not know yet at this point. And so that's going to be a good day that landowners can come to the Capitol. You don't have to know what you're talking about. Just come and participate and be part of it and inform yourselves as well, mm -hmm. because this is not going to be a novel in nature project for very long. 
if this one is able to go through in the capacity that they are trying to steamroll it through, there's more coming. You're going to end up not having a square inch of the state not afflicted by these. Well, and if folks pay attention to the headlines right now, I mean, in some states, the politicians are suggesting that people might have to house immigrants in their homes. Schools are being vacated to put immigrants over United States children in the schools. So it's really not just about farmland. This is about the principle of private property rights and the precedent that gets set when we relinquish those rights and allow politicians to prioritize political agendas or uh, dollars or greed or corporate control. And so I would just encourage folks and probably the most common comment I've gotten now is, Amanda, I just don't know much about this. Uh, pay attention, listen, talk to your landowners, talk to people that are impacted and really hear their stories because I can guarantee you, if you take the time to listen to how some of these elderly widows or farmers or families have been impacted, know that it's not just them. It could be you next and your land, your home, your property could be the site of another project that's just waiting in the wings. So Mark, any parting words before I let you get back to, to farming and ranching and feeding the cows? <laughs> well, I guess I hope everybody that is able to and capable to to come down to peer and, and, and support fellow landowners in this legislative session. We're really at a line in the sand moment. There's going to be a very definitive before and after of what goes on here. The main issue is the way that we were able to get relief from all of this was by going home and working with our local governments. It was our county commissions, the people that we're more uh, part of day-to-day -day life with, and they understood it because they're living it right along with us. Mm -hmm. And so there were zoning ordinances that were put in place in order to maintain that property right on a local level. Those efforts are now under the guise of being taken away by the state. They want to create a consistent zoning ordinance for the entire state of South Dakota. And it it's very interesting to me because that removal of local control in this capacity for these green new energy projects have only been accomplished in four states, Illinois, New York, California, and Michigan. Those states are decidedly a lot different politically than the state of South Dakota. And if that is the way that South Dakota is going along in this, it's another example how this blurs all political lines. This is a nonpartisan issue. And there's been many attempts to divide our group over partisanship. We're not going to allow that to happen because it's a right and wrong issue. And if you're on the side of right, you're going to prevail at the end of the day. Absolutely. I've told many people, I know this is a David and Goliath story. I know that we're the underdog in this fight and that the other side has cushy, cushy offices and, and fancy lobbyists that can spend every day in peer uh, making their case and greasing the wheels and shaking the right hands and putting the right pressure on the right people. But the heart in the heart of South Dakota and in the heart of America are people who know right from wrong, who have a conscience, who let God lead the way. And it is bringing together right and left and everyone in between. And I must say, if you have Republicans and Democrats coming together to agree on one thing, that this is wrong, politicians might want to start listening. I have faith that our elected officials are going to do the right thing. I have faith that justice will prevail and that the truth will prevail, but everyone has to get involved in the fight. And so I would encourage you all as we kind of close out this interview with Mark, 
pick up the phone, call your legislators, call Governor Nome, call anyone in your sphere of influence. Uh, let your county commissioners know where you stand and, and the actions that you would like to see happen in your county to bolster your private property rights and, and allow for local governance. At the end of the day, our land is not for sale. No means no. And under God, the people rule. So thank you so much, Mark, for keeping up the fight. And I know many, many more are about ready to join you in link arms to get this thing done and to say, hey, so long, Summit. Goodbye and good day. <laughs>
May God bless South Dakota and may God bless the USA. Here's my speech. Well, thank you, Mark, and thank you everyone for being here today. And I just gotta say, it's a great day to be a South Dakotan. Let's hear it. in the last two years I've done over a hundred speeches across the country coast to coast speaking to agriculturalists farmers and ranchers with one goal in mind and that's to maintain private property rights to keep producers on the land to keep access to food in this country and to keep us all free and I know you guys feel the exact same way or you wouldn't be here today so thank you very much let's hear it for you guys with you. People ask me, do you get nervous, Amanda? And I say, no, not at all. But I'm nervous today. There's a reason for it. It's because when something really matters, when something needs to happen, you got to stand up and speak up even if your voice shakes. So if my voice shakes today, it's not because I'm not passionate about the cause. It's because the cause means that much. And so I'm just here today. I want to tell you a story. You know, there is a fancy billboard campaign that's been popped up across the state that wants to paint you and I in a certain way, that if a pipeline project is killed, it will hurt South Dakota. Now, I don't know about you, but I think we're doing just fine in South Dakota being innovative entrepreneurs in the free market system, making a way and raising our children and building our communities and our businesses along the way. Are we doing okay? light. They want to paint you and I in a way that says we're fringe radicals on the left or the right. That we are a small, loud minority that's just here to cause trouble. That we don't really care about agriculture in this state or value-added economic development. I'm here to say that's a lie. Do not believe the lies because here's what I know about the people in this room here today. About the 100 plus for every one person that's here today, there's a hundred plus more at home, feeding cows, checking waters, and taking care of their kids because the schools have been canceled. So we are not a small minority that's causing a ruckus. We are, yeah, let's hear it, What we are, is we've been a silent majority, to steal a cliche, for far too long. Because in South Dakota, we're South Dakota nice. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. We don't want to cause a conflict. We just want to make an honest day's wage, taking care of our family, raising our kids, building our businesses, and being a part of our community. And yet this pipeline that has come from out of state with who knows what kind of backing behind us has effectively divided the people in South Dakota. There's two paths we can take, and I know the choice you've made because you're here. We can trade our freedoms, our liberties, our constitution, our individual autonomy, our ability to own and manage our land as we see fit for things like progress and value-added aid and carbon capture credits and all the other things they'll tell you we've got to have it or we won't succeed. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to make the side to err on the side of the constitution. Are we going to stand by the constitution? I think so. So let me 
me tell you how I got involved in this fight. Um, I'm a farmer and rancher from Mitchell, South Dakota. God bless and thank you to my husband, Tyler, who's home with our four children, ages nine and under, taking care of cattle with all those little ducklings in tow. I couldn't be here without him. We're foster parents. We've had over a dozen kids stay on the, land, the ranch in the last four years, and we're adoptive parents. We care deeply about the future of this state, about future generations. We care deeply about those who didn't grow up in situations as blessed as I have been to be involved in the agriculture community. We love the land, we love the livestock, and we love our people. I love agriculture. I love my friends that are involved in the ethanol industry. And I am more optimistic than ever about the future in this state and the things that we can do together through innovation in the private marketplace, in the free market. And uh, how I got involved in this fight is a year and a half ago, I got a call. I've been in agriculture media for 18 years on the road and writing about these issues and egg policy and all the things that impact everybody I know and love in agriculture and in the farming and ranching community. And I got a call from a woman who was in line of the pipeline. She had 10 acres to her name, she's an elderly widow, and I spent two hours on the call with her on the way home from the South Dakota State Fair with my kids in the back seat and a trailer load of bulls and heifers on, on the back. And for two hours I talked to this woman and she cried to me. This was the place she called home throughout her entire marriage. This was the place she raised her children. And this was the place she wanted to stay until the day that she dies. And she was tearful and talking to me about how this pipeline company had come onto her property, bullied her, coerced her, threatened her, lied to her, saying every single neighbor had signed up for those easements and those agreements, which was outright a lie. And she said, Amanda, I read you in the green sheet. I know you care about these issues. Is there anything you can do to help? And you know, I get calls like that, and you know, one call is one thing, and I certainly felt bad for her, and my heart ached for her plight, because I don't know about you guys, but if I pour my blood, sweat, and tears into an acre of land, an inch of ground, a blade of grass, if I tell someone you're not welcome here, please go, I expect that answer to be respected, correct? No yeah. means no. But I talked to that woman that day, and then pretty soon more calls came, and more calls came. And landowners from north to south and every direction on the line of that pipeline were saying the same thing. We feel like we're the underdog in this fight. We feel like we're getting railroaded by this company. We feel like the politicians have turned our back on us. The media doesn't care. The pockets have been lined. The money is there. We're on the losing side of it. What are we going to do? And yet, there's one thing these pipeline companies do not understand that they're about ready to understand. I have a podcast called The Heart of Rural America. And what that podcast does is focusing on the good people in communities across this state and across this nation who are doing amazing, inspiring things to make the world a better place. Those are my people. You're my friends, my neighbors, my peers, the people we see at school and church and in our activities across town and at the grocery store. That's South Dakota. So there's one thing these pipeline companies and these outside projects do not understand. They do not understand the heart of South Dakota. They do not understand the grit, the blood, the sweat, the tears, the sacrifice that goes into building these dreams that we have here in this state. They don't understand, there's the biggest thing, they, and they don't understand how much we're willing to fight for it.
Now I'm going to get real honest with you here. I have many friends on the other side of the conversation who are willing to trade liberty and freedom for wealth and lining their own pockets, for power and control. And one of those friends of mine gave me a phone call here a few weeks ago. He knows I'm very active on social media. And this individual said to me, hey Amanda, we would love to loop you in to be a part of the social media campaign to refurbish the pipeline's reputation here in the state of South Dakota. <laughs> that was cute. <laughs> and I said, oh sir, you haven't seen my social media posts, have you? <laughs> and we had a frank discussion as I told him, you know, I, hit, I, I see you, you know, you care about certain industries and you think you're on the right side of this. And I've been told, you're on the losing side of this, Amanda. You know, if you can't beat them, you might as well join them and go along with go, getting along, right? And as I was talking to this individual about what was going on and what I saw and the challenges that I saw and that private property rights are paramount to maintaining a free and fair society, uh, he told me, well, Amanda, what do you need to make me happy about this project? What percentage of participation do you need to be happy? Is it 60%? Is it 75%? Is it 90%? And I said, sir, you don't understand. It is 100% landowner participation or get the heck out of the state. He didn't like that answer. What he said to me next was really troubling. He said, Amanda, so you're going to let one landowner get in the way of progress? Yep. Yes, we are, actually. Thank you. And I said, you know what? That answer is really easy to explain, and I'll tell you why. Because while I love agriculture, I love ethanol, I love my friends and farming and ranching and everyone I get to meet across this state, but what does the Constitution require of us to do? I'm going to read it for you here if I can find it. Never forget that the Constitution reads this. And if our elected officials need reminding, I'm happy to send them a copy or any of our media or any of these folks that are invested in this project. We hold inherent rights that all men are born equally free and independent and have certain rights among which are those of enjoying and defending life and liberty, of acquiring and protecting property and the pursuit of happiness. To secure these rights are instituted among men serving their just powers from the consent of the governed. Amen. We need to make sure our legislators, our elected officials, the people making the big decisions in this state understand that we, while we might be little people, we might not be heavily connected and funded, we might not be able to take the time up to come lobby our causes every day during the legislative session, because we're back at home busting our butts and raising our kids and being active in our communities. At the end of the day, they swore an oath on a Bible to protect those inherent rights. So I don't know about you, but as we wrap today, I'm fired up. I feel my heart is warmed to see this huge crowd of people, to know that there's hundreds of people back at home who feel the same way. And here's what I also would say to the naysayers who say, Amanda, you've chosen the wrong side of this fight. And I've told, I've told many people in this discussion this, and that it's again, they don't know who we are in the heart of South Dakota.
They don't know how hard we've worked for our future, our, our businesses, our communities. They don't know that everything that we do is not about us, but it's about our kids, our grandkids, and the future opportunities that will be stripped away from them if we let a pipeline project like this go through. And make, make no mistake, too, to any of the media that might be reporting on this today, it's not about just one pipeline. It's the fact that there's a dozen more projects waiting in the wings that if we strip our private property rights now, it is open season on every inch, every acre, every lot, every park, you name it, in the state of South Dakota. So if you believe in working hard, being honest, having integrity, and doing what's right, I would encourage you to pick up the phone, to call our governor, to call our legislators, to call anyone with a sphere of influence who can make a difference and make sure they understand our three points that have been reiterated by these great folks here today. Number one, we need to protect our private property rights in this, in this state of South Dakota no matter what. Number two, we need to maintain local government control because the buck stops at home and we need to maintain that autonomy and independence in our local governments. And number three, absolutely no eminent domain for private gain. Goodbye, good day. While I've got you here, I would love to invite you to check out my website, amandaradke.com. Each week, I share my column, this podcast, and new items to shop for farm and ranch families, including my children's books that celebrate agriculture. Use code DUSTYTRAIL to save 15% on your next purchase. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for supporting my small business and for your continued support in keeping me on the road fighting for farm and ranch families. I'm thankful to each and every one of you who tune into this show each week. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so be sure to subscribe, share, and leave a review to let me know how you're liking the content and our guests. Until the next time we meet on the Dusty Trail, I'm Amanda Radke, and this is the heart of rural America.